Welcome to Heartbeat, a podcast run by Altawan College, where we discuss how to flourish in all things life, work, and relationships. We'll listen to the stories and wisdom of our staff and draw upon outside guests who are practitioners in their field. We hope these episodes inspire and equip you to flourish, whether in the context of Alter One or beyond to the rest of life. Welcome to Heartbeat Podcast. My name is Nathan Forster and I'm joined by my co-host... Mark Godfrey. And we are joined by a special guest today, Adam Meredith, who is a senior pastor at the Red Door Community Church, who is at one of... It's, it's one of our church community partners um, with Alter One College. Mm-hmm. And welcome to the show, Adam. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Nathan. Great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. So, yeah. Um, no, genuinely really good to have you here, mate. It's been... How long has it been? In terms of in terms of knowing you or yeah. uh, partnership of Alter uh, <laughs> One, or maybe both. Yeah, I think I think Alter One we've been connected for for about five and a half years now. Um, well, I think yeah. it was longer. Could be could be six. I think it's seven. I, know, I think it could be seven. I, I really? remember when I started in no, twenty sixteen. I think yeah. there was already. My partnership. daughter just turned twenty one, right? And uh, like last, like last two days ago, mm. and so I'm feeling like really old. So as soon as you say seven years, I go, oh, gee, I am feeling very old now. <laughs> It, it doesn't matter how you feel, it's, it's what you think. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that because you're feeling a little old as well? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> um, hey, mate, it'd be great just to, because obviously, I mean, I know you and, and, and Nathan's met you, but mm. not all the staff have, sure. have probably interacted with you. So tell us a little bit about yourself, mm. a bit about the work that you're involved in. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Perth lad, so I was, I've been here all my life. Um, I uh, actually studied accounting and finance, had a bit of a business background oh, in uni, uh, really wanted uh, in high school to go to uni and do kind of the corporate ladder kind of dynamic. Wow. And I was the guy who worked hard, played hard, played even harder. Uh, and what I experienced at my time, I worked for Ernst & Young, I was like an auditor there, oh, wow, cool. kind of on the uh, St. George's Terrace kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I, when I was at Ernst & Young, I actually had an encounter with God there and that really shifted the trajectory of my world quite a lot actually and um, everyone who knew me in that time said Adam you're too creative to be an accountant what are you doing with your life unless you want to be a creative accountant which is quite illegal and probably Uh, so I was like, I wanted, so I started applying for jobs in advertising agencies just to sort of fulfill a bit of a creative bent that was in mm. me. Mm. Um, and then out of the blue, I got asked to uh, take a role as a media director, um, looking after a television program, um, sort of cameras, design, graphics, all this kind of thing at a church uh, called Riverview Church. And I started this journey in the church community. Uh, as a, as a, a work, you know, working in a formalized way. Mm. And uh, sort of from that point, um, kind of left accounting in the background. Um, one of those, been, it's real, been a real blessing, to be honest, just having a bit of a nouse around numbers and, and you know, finances and so oh, forth. Yeah. But um, in a church community, I suddenly uh, really loved communicating, really loved walking alongside people, helping people, connecting with people. That part really came alive. 
And then uh, suddenly I was a, a pastor at a campus mm. in the southern suburbs. And then all of a sudden Riverview decided to release that campus or community from under them to independently. And they asked whether my wife and I, uh, Dale and myself, would want to lead it. And we said we'd love to. We really felt it was time to, to do something like that. And that is what is known as the Red Door Community Church, which wow. is now wow. 10 years old. Oh, wow. uh, and uh, in the journey, we've partnered with Alter One there and have a wonderful group of students and chaplains and teachers. And uh, yeah, we absolutely love it. So yeah, that's, um, awesome. that's a little bit of a snapshot. Ah, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, when I used to work for Connect Ed down in Coburn, even though it's not directly mm. affiliated with, 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 um, with your church, it, mm. it's been just wonderful when I have gone to visit the what is the Coburn campus, which mm. is the, yep. the, 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 the Alter One campus you host. It's, it's always just been wonderful just to in that atmosphere and it's been been really good with how you guys have partnered with us oh, great. um now just, just to shift gears a bit like we, sure. we are talking about the power of words okay. today but before we launch into the topic you know the broader topic of the power of words um can you tell us i guess your own story about what the power of words have meant to you personally mm. i think uh, i come from a broken broken home um dad moved out when i was eight years old and at that time, it was me who's eight years old and my brother who was zero, i.e. he's a newborn. Mm. Um, without going into reasons why dad had those challenges and so forth and so on, what I did notice from an early age, the influence of my mum. My mum's, uh, what I would describe now, her love language is words of affirmation. Mm. Like she mm. is the greatest encourager the world has ever seen. <laughs> and growing up in that environment, being not necessarily able to articulate what is this my mum's doing, her words of life, encouragement, blessing, any words that she gave me was always ones of belief and hope. Mm. Uh, in the t- and you've got to remember, it's a time where dad's not present, uh, it's, a, it's a flux time, right? Mm. Um, and I look back today going, wow, I'm so grateful for my mom and the words that she blessed me with. Mm. Words of identity, words of purpose, I suppose, would probably be how I would describe it mm. in, in the formation of who Adam is today still mm. resonates with me. Mm. So I suppose it's probably in the context of those two thoughts around identity and purpose. Mm. That's probably the key thought around that word of like the power of words what is their power they have power to form identity they have power to direct Mm. in regards to purpose yes yeah yeah which yeah it's it's interesting even those two words you know purpose and identity funny enough that's actually part of our curriculum in alter one uh, Mm. personal recovery and those are two very big words that we use in part of the recovery process actually um so just to launch probably more into the big broader question then um, put simply, how are words even powerful? Yeah, it's a great question. It's interesting, um, even just thinking about um, how words are described in the Bible. Um, there's this wonderful phrase where uh, two dynamics are at play. Um, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's issue number one. And then there's this uh, other idea that describes words as almost the rudder of your life, Mm. um, almost direction. So words um, have the power to direct your life and they have the power to almost reveal what's inside. So they're like a gauge in a way, gauge of what's going on on the internal, but they're also a rudder creating direction, which is probably how I described Mm. what my mum's words were for me, Mm. right? Like a rudder towards 
uh, purpose. Mm. You know, what are you, what am I going to do with my life? Yeah. Um, so I think when I think about the power of words, <coughs> and I think about the role of parenting more specifically, because mm. like, that's obviously the earliest mm. relationship where there's enough trust mm. for words mm. to be mm. both spoken and received. Mm. Uh, I think that the the idea that what what words are being spoken by mums and dads to kids uh, in a world that is very cynical, a very a world that's very um, you know uh, discouraging as a general sense of atmosphere across you know household to household, family to family. Like we bat- everyone battles discouragement, mm-hmm. so the choice to speak life, uh, to speak encouragement, I think is something that as parents choose to do that. Uh, you see the benefit of that. I, I remember thinking about um, the most successful people on the planet, the, hot, the wonderful percentage, the highest percentage of people are Jewish. Like Jewish people are ridiculously f- successful, right? <laughs> That's true. Like, like out of a very small minority group thinking about world population dynamics, why is it that they're so successful? Mm. And without thinking that it's some sort of, sort of Jewish cultural thing, mm. I think what happens in Jewish culture is every Friday night, guess what they're doing as a family? Yes, they're eating together, but part of their tradition is speaking words of mm. identity and purpose. Wow. Yeah. And as a result, look what's going on. Yes. There's an establishment of people mm. who are highly effective, highly influential in our mm. world. Mm. And so I kind of started just to debunk that because you kind of think, oh, maybe it's a Jewish thing. And go, well, no, no, it's, it's actually a principle, actually, mm, a mm. principle of the power of words mm. that they do. And I'm like, man, the average Australian's missing out on this, mm. you know, <laughs> in terms of how do we uh, see lives moving towards mm. identity, purpose, blessing. Mm. Um, I remember hearing uh, someone talk about the questions a young person asks in their heart. So yeah. they want to be able to articulate this. Yeah. But a girl asked two questions and a boy asked two questions. And the two questions are sort of purpose and, and identity questions. And yeah. a boy says, am I a man and have I got what it takes? Right? And a girl asks, actually, am I beautiful? Am I, am I worth fighting for? Two, t- t- two distinctly different questions. But when a young person has not had those questions answered mm-hmm. by the voice and the power of words, by the influences in their hearts, they actually go out, and I did this at a young age, I'll go out and try and find the answers myself because mm-hmm. I need that question answered. Am I a man? I haven't got what it takes. Mm-hmm. And that's where you can hurt yourself. You can mm-hmm. make wrong decisions. You can make, you know, go, go down the pathway of error. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, when a young person has those questions answered at an early age, they mm. spend less energy trying to answer it mm. and more energy trying to fulfill it. Yeah, wow. Fulfill that identity, fulfill yeah. that purpose. Mm. Yeah, wow. So that's kind of been, a, I suppose, mm. a thought around the power of words. Yeah. I suppose just quickly, the other thing I've, and it's funny, I'd say this to Alter One kids all the time as, mm-hmm. a, as someone in the, in the Alter One community, is that truths affect feelings, feelings mm-hmm. affect uh, decisions, decisions affect habits, habits affect trajectory, or you might even mm. use the word destiny. Or, mm. Yeah. Mm. And so the concept of truths, I think, is very directly connected to mm. the words mm. that we yeah. focus our attention on. Yeah. So if someone says, oh, I want to change my life. Well, good on you. It's great that you do, but you can't just change your life. You've got to go back to the very truths or the words mm that you are centering your life on yeah, well. mm. in order that down the pathway you can change your trajectory mm. yeah. as, as those thoughts and words affect your feelings, mm. ha- uh, decisions, habits, 
mm. and destiny. So yeah. yeah, I think power of words. I think is an underrated dynamic mm. that <coughs> the average person necessarily who may not feel gifted in terms of blessing people with their words mm. Um, mm. may sort of think, oh, you know, there's other ways to do this. Yes. But I think words have a real significant yeah, value well, to play. No, that's good. I think you're 100% right. I think it's um, words carry emotions and they're, f- they're, they're formative. Hmm. So, you know, when you're talking about truths in, in psychological terms, I'd call them, you know, these beliefs hmm. that we have, these underlying beliefs. Hmm. Sometimes those beliefs can be false. Hmm. And we've picked those beliefs up from somewhere. Hmm. And hmm. Somewhere down the line, I think if you track it back, hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they're connected to words that have been spoken to us, over us, or about us. Mm-hmm. Or even culturally as well. Yeah, the and words you pick the them culture. up and you sort of take yeah. them with you and they become a part of you. Mm-hmm. And so that, that definitely is um, some some good some good stuff. I like the, those two questions mm. about, you know, what boys ask and what girls mm. tend to ask. So my kids are sick of me now because I always say to my son, <laughs> son, you are a man and you've got what it takes. Yeah. And he goes, yes, I know, Dad. So he's oversaturated. Yeah, Dad, I'm such a man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's good, right? I never had someone say that over my life. Yeah. You know, my daughters, I take time where it's the same. Mm. Yes, I know I'm beautiful. I'm no one worth fighting for. Mm. But there's such good truths, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, and sometimes even if people hear that a lot we do need to always kind of remind ourselves of those kind of key identity questions those key identity words Mm. because yeah because then other words can come in and start to drown out those core words those core spoken truths and so i think it's always helpful to like refreshly remind ourselves of of those truths so true very true um the you mentioned the, the concept just before um, which is probably worth unpacking about this idea of um, you use the term blessing. Mm. Um, mm. And so, how have you seen, I guess, the power of your words used to build and grow people mm. in using whatever that concept is? And if you could unpack it a bit. Yeah, it may be that. unfamiliar that phrase "blessing." Um, I think we all know it's a positive, <laughs> a positive connotation. Yeah. But we have, as a society, connected. Uh, let's use now use the word reward okay mm-hmm. reward connected to performance mm-hmm. so where blessing stands alone is blessing is a result uh, not connected in any shape or form to performance mm-hmm. so I bless you because you are a human being I bless you not because of what you've done but I bless you because of who you are so my motive is more about identity than what you've done how would you define the word bless when you when you think of that word what, yeah. how would you define it I think I might have you know that same phrase is uh, blessing carries with it identity and purpose mm. so when you bless you're speaking so for instance you might go oh gee that's a really nice shirt you're wearing today Mark love mm. it Yeah, that's more of a compliment right Yeah, um, but your shirt has nothing to do with speaking into your identity well mm. you shouldn't by the way uh, yeah, no <laughs> but it's a good shirt that I'm wearing <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I agree with you but you understand don't yeah, you? I do, I do and so we're, we're talking about taking it deeper than just a compliment into statements of soul statements of Mm. the inner part of a human Mm. which I would say is more to do with their identity Mm. and I think the world is saturated by 
uh, performance-based identity. Mm. So I'm good at school, I'm good at this, I'm good at sport, therefore I have an identity. Mm -hmm. And Blessing says, no, I'm not going to connect that to performance. I'm going to connect it uh, from a Christian worldview is because you're made in the image of God. Um, you could say, I'm going to bless you, not because of what you've done, but because of who you are. Mm. Um, you are my son. You are my daughter. That's a, that's a statement of who you are, not what you've done. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think blessing is that. And it can take various forms, you mm. know. Um, but you do know the difference when it speaks into identity and purpose. At, at Elta One, at mm. Coburn... We on th Tuesdays do um, coffee and uh, I think we're doing uh, pastries and stuff now and just for the start of the morning, right? Yeah, correct. And so what we've done is uh, when a student moves out of transition into uh, the main classroom, um, we want to give them a warm welcome. And I've been teaching, you know, the students just about this concept of blessing, really. That blessing is a statement not connected to performance. So these kids roll up, very new, very green, feeling a bit nervous because they're new to the classroom experience. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. all a bit fresh for them. <laughs> yeah. And then um, we do our very best not to embarrass, but to bless. Mm. And so we build a culture now where we celebrate each student. So each student over the course of time, it's not like all happens at once. Like I think maybe even tomorrow we might have a couple of students we're doing. Yeah. Um, and so we give them a $50 voucher to, you know, just the local shopping center to go and spend something on yourself yep um that's great and we answer those we just say those very simple questions if it's a young lady mm. you're beautiful you've and you are worth fighting for and some of the ladies you know young ladies they just don't know how to take that they've never had it yeah but i explain what's going on i'm explaining to you i'm saying this to you yeah not because you've done anything actually you're brand new to the school i've no idea what your scholastic performance is yeah <laughs> right yeah. Yeah, yeah i'm saying this because not because of what you've done, but who you are. Mm. You are beautiful and you are worth fighting for. And what's interesting is you watch the, the young ladies and the young men over time experience. Now what we're talking about is unconditional love. Yeah. What we're seeing is these lives are starting to feel more secure, mm. more hopeful, and more robust interior in their interior mm. because they're going, oh, I have value mm. that's disconnected to my performance. Mm. I have value for value's sake. I have value because mm. of who I am, not mm. what I have done. Mm. And that, I think, is an environment that causes humanity to flourish mm. uh, in a way yeah. that's, that's, that's life-bringing. It's definitely, uh, definitely that, you know, Nathan was referring earlier to some of the model of, of recovery. And one of those initial stages is belonging. Mm. Mm. And so, you know, those, yeah. the, that welcome, that so celebration, good. those words... Um, yeah, they invite that. Mm. And it's not related to anything to do with a, a performance-driven yeah. mm. sort of, uh, you know, outlook, mm. which I think is great. So good. Mm. So, Adam, in light of some of the stuff that you've been saying in regards to the power of words, obviously because this podcast is directed primarily to our staff who's listening in, why is it important for our staff to understand the power of words mm. and what they do yeah. with young people in, yeah. in an educational environment. Yeah, it's very good. I remember someone did a, like a survey, like who are the most influential people mm. in their worlds? And I think the top three were, you know, obviously mum and dad, teachers, and, and pastors got a look in actually. Oh, Number three, I was like, yeah, that's great. You know? <laughs> but, still there, he's still ranking. Yeah. But I think there's an element of when you're teaching, there's a tension in the air mm. between 
you can't allow behaviour that's destructive in a classroom environment just to continue on its merry way, mm -hmm. allowing everything to be acceptable under the auspice of you are valuable because of who you are. There's still formation that's occurring. Yeah. And I, but I think the, the foundation of the formation is based on your acceptance and value. Mm. Um, so anything you can do to establish acceptance, belonging, yeah. um, I think is super helpful. What's interesting is this strange video that's been on YouTube for ages, and I don't know if you've seen it, mm. where this um, uh, basically there's a, an audio track playing and there's words on the screen, and there's a few versions of it, but the one I've seen is the word brainstorm and the word green needle. So two very strange words, brainstorm and green needle, right? The audio track is the same audio track. So the first audio track pl plays and on the screen says brainstorm and you hear brainstorm and then they play the same audio track they change the text on the screen and it says green needle right and it says green needle but it's the same audio track and then they put the two words side by side and if you're looking at brainstorm you hear brainstorm and if you look at green needle you hear green needle <laughs> now if you're going what is this um you know dark <laughs> magic that's being I'm describing <laughs> it's not it's just the nature of you hear what you see that's the mm. that's the concept now, you might see this and go, oh, it didn't work for me, Adam. It doesn't work for everyone, you know, but some, it certainly, it does for me. <laughs> and I was thinking about the nature of what we hear versus what we see. Mm. When a student uh, is corrected on a behavioral level in the context of safety, security, and uh, belonging, you know you're going to see an environment where transformation happens mm. because you're not communicating in a classroom setting your acceptance and belonging is based on you being a good person here right so if you only ever correct and you speak no identity no blessing mm. right mm. you're only into performance sorry you're only into behavior management stuff mm. but we're not after behavior management we're mm. after transformation and so i think to say um to say oh it's all just about blessing is incorrect but if you say it's all about behavior management you're incorrect so the two must collide in ways where mm. the and it's going to be unique to the student mm, correct if i'm a teacher i'm definitely asking myself has this student heard the answer to the question am i a man and am i mm. worth have i got what it takes yeah mm. and for the same thing so i think early in a teaching you know i'm not a, i'm not a teacher but i certainly am a person who wants to see transformation in people sure mm. um i'm wanting to know well how's those trans how's those formational questions mm -hmm. present mm. yeah and therefore if they're really established i know i can go really strong mm -hmm. towards behavior management because the deep question's been answered mm. but if they're completely insecure and i smash a child because their behavior is bad mm. you're going to create insecurity balances mm. that are very um yeah you're, you're awesome. you know what i mean yeah, like you're going to do like damage Hmm. with a right motive, you know, behavior management. Um, 100%. So I think the nature of, you know, how does that for a teacher, uh, you know, far out, if it was a one-on-one -on -one environment, man, so much easier, but teachers are <laughs> under the tough uh, world of having so many students simultaneously yeah. who are delivering their brokenness on each other as we all are in the, in the human race. <laughs> so I think... Um, just if you're a teacher listening to this right now, I just want to take my hat off to you and say you're amazing. Um, and may you discover more insight into the students that you're leading mm. to know what is the message they need to hear personally. Because mm. every student, it's not a formula, right? You can't just go, oh, you're a student, therefore you need this. Mm. It's knowing, it's an intimate knowing mm. 
mm. uh, of a person mm. in order to help that journey of identity and purpose. That's mm. so good. Mm. And, and, you know, not just teachers, but obviously chaplains, psychologists, counsellors, all of our staff, you all have this influence. You all have that capacity. Yes. Um, something I've just come across a book this morning, actually. Mm. Um, so big shout out to Hannah Kay, <laughs> who's our director of student services. But the uh, the book is caught by the by an author by the name of Laurie Desortel. She's a PhD uh, research person, and she wrote a book called Connections Over Compliance. Oh wow! Rewiring our perceptions of discipline, and some of what you're talking about is sort of that yeah big time uh, i think when it comes to identity and purpose and you know in a lot of educational spaces sometimes it's you know you, you've got to get this balance mm, right yeah belonging and i think that idea of connection over compliance yeah it's a, very, a great it's, it's a really great great phrase mm. to think about in our practice what mm. we do mm. uh, particularly when it comes to trauma-informed practice what are we doing mm. and how does that look mm. and that's some stuff that i know in alter one is a really big part of our mm. who we are and what we want to do well and and that's where the i guess the 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 practice of being a particular type of person as a staff member mm. like modeling this behavior what it means to be um you know, a flourishing person or or, or or a transforming person but but a little bit more way down the journey is that when we then speak these words of blessing or these words of life over these young people we um i think as you were alluding to we 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 kind of match those kind of words mm. um because some people i mean words are so powerful and yet okay. some people especially some of our families you know, they might have been told growing up that they were loved, but then mm. the behaviour of what love is wasn't matched. And so yeah. it kind of misfires in their brain what some of these words mean, but to be a community of belonging uh, and then to show what it means to, to model that belonging or to model um, you know, being a, a, a healthier adult, um, you get what I mean, mm. um, that all of a sudden when we speak these words that they can actually some, like also match it to the behaviour in a way. And yeah, so they, right. they kind of bounce off each other in a... Yeah. in a beautiful way I think as as well totally I'm thinking of a there's a particular phrase that I've heard let us not just love in word only but in deed yeah. and in truth and I think that is what you're sort of mm. saying in a lot of ways is mm. that it's not just words alone mm. it's the deeds and those practices and behaviours that come alongside that to yeah. reinforce mm those words yeah um it's interesting like when uh the, you know the, the volume of discouragement mm. see like say one discouraging word and they say oh to to, to counteract that you got to say like five positive yeah. things yeah. Mm. Right? Mm. you're all, so you're already at a disadvantage to begin with mm. and so a lot of a lot of our students and a lot of humans actually mm. <laughs> um they're coming from a disadvantaged posture because they've heard more negative than positive yeah. mm. but i think at the same time where a teacher has uh, like uh, a moment of, of opportunity is when you're w in proximity with someone for a, a long enough. Mm. I think you're discerning how much of a disadvantage is this person. Like, like for instance, you might speak words, but they just cannot hear them. Mm. Right? They don't. They just cannot hear. Yeah, it's misfiring. Yeah, what, mm. what you're trying to say. <coughs> um, but at the same time, 
if you give up in that journey because you're not seeing any kind of results, mm. this is a long-term marathon, everybody. This takes yeah. time. This is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it was overnight, yeah, there wouldn't be any need for pastoral, you know. Like, mm. <laughs> yeah. A lot of stuff. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a, it's a long, slow burn mm. uh, in a lot mm. of this. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think, you know, we're clo- you know, as we're getting closer to the end of the year too, so obviously Christmas and all these things are coming around and mm. there's ups and downs with that for a lot of different people. Um, what are the life-giving ways that we can use our words at, at Christmas? What's some thoughts you might have about that? Mm. Well, that's, you know, that's the highly uh, relational time of year, isn't it? Because everyone kind of meet people on holidays and, you know, those kind of spaces are more... You know, the proximity is just elevated, you know. <laughs> um, I think what the challenge with increased proximity is increased um, friction occurs simultaneously, mm. right? Because you're like, you're True. with each other, you know, and then and the little things start to get on my nerves. <laughs> I thought I liked this person and now I'm despising them. And it's not <laughs> necessarily I've done anything wrong, right? Yeah. But um, it's just that, that, that rub that occurs in humans, you know. How we respond to those moments as uh, humans, as parents, um, uh, as, as family members, mm. I think it's really important. And I will say this, is that when you in the face of feeling that rub and friction mm. and choose to bless or choose to encourage or choose to, I don't feel like it right now, like I am being... <laughs> I'm feeling frustrated with yeah. this person, but yeah. hey, I'm not going to allow that to dictate my words here or my mm. posture of blessing. Mm. It's almost like those moments, humans aren't stupid. They know when there's tension in the air. Oh, yeah. Mm. And But when you choose to bless, when you choose to honor, when you choose to show grace and bear with one another, there's powerful moments mm. um, of the heart receiving a message. And what happens, I think, over time is people start to feel safer and safer. There's a security that grows. Yeah. I remember hearing a story in the, in World War, at the end of World War Two. So World War Two's come to an end, and in Europe there was a bunch of displaced families because mums and dads they they've been killed, and these orphans are just like they they don't have any families. Mm. So these orphanages across Europe were just packed out. They were just so full. And um, what happened was, uh, in the orphanages, the kids were sleeping really poorly. They just couldn't fall asleep. They were waking up with night terrors. They were just waking, they just wouldn't sleep well. And they tried lots of things, just trying to help that, no, no solution. And then uh, a psychologist uh, counseling kind of group had this idea, and at bedtime, they would give each child a piece of bread, right? And the child, all that the child was told to do is, do not eat this piece of bread, just hold it. Just have it. And so what happened was, immediately, the sleeping improved 110%. Like, it was ridiculous, the result of this. Like, why does a piece of bread change anything? And what happened is they went to sleep secure that they had food the next day. Interesting. So interesting. And I, you know, the example, obviously, is relating to a piece of bread, right? Mm -hmm. But I think words have the same power in relationship to as... Um, this year ends, how about we choose to give a secured, it's almost like a security blanket, you know, it's Mm. like a secure device Mm. that travels with them no matter what. And it's the knowledge that they are accepted and loved Mm. because of the words I've spoken over people. And I think that's one of the best Christmas presents you can give your child. So if you're listening to this as a parent, like take a risk, like have a crack. You might not have experienced this before. Um, I know I didn't, like I hadn't 
had this modelled to me. So it's not, these are things that you don't necessarily learn, but you catch them because mm. you've seen it. Um, but may this Christmas you have a, have a go at, at blessing or speaking identity mm. into your kids. And I tell you, that'll be the best Christmas present they could ever actually have. It'll last them the rest of their lives. Powerful. Yeah, that's really good. Um, uh, totally unrelated, but still has some words in it. Um, what are you reading right now that you're really enjoying? And second, yep. what streaming service are you currently watching right now that's getting your attention? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm reading a book uh, called Faith and Art at the moment, and it's how mm-hmm. art intersects faith that's and cool. how faith intersects art. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good without going into too much detail about it, it's, it's just like how, how beauty... Um, can be ex- uh, when it's expressed how that reveals faith right. and how you can use it as a context. Fuji. Author Fujin. Yep. Yeah. He's a Japanese guy who lives in uh, New Jersey, I think. Um, he's an artist, uh, really good articulator. I haven't finished it yet, so I'm halfway through it. So I'm awesome. like, oh, don't spoil it. Don't no, spoil no, it. no. And streaming service? What are you? What are you? When you say streaming saying? service, like, are you saying like a like Netflix, a, binge, Prime, Amazon, any of those things? Oh, I'm I'm in Prime at the moment because the little season of Lord of the Rings has arrived on yes, this. Yes, everyone is in and that. So uh, the power of the ring. Yes. Uh, which I'm into episode three is what I'm up to right now. If you are listening, and you know you might be up to episode. Seven by the time you're listening to this. <laughs> no, you wish you, you wish you, you wish it was. It takes so long to come out. Hey, um, honestly, mate, thank you so much for giving your time, and, and thank you for all the work that you do with young people, particularly us with Alter One. I know it's not just with Alter One that you guys work uh, at, the, at the Red Door, but you work right across the community in Coburn, and we're really grateful for mm-hmm. everything that you guys do and what you bring. And we just want to say we wish. Every single person who's listening to this podcast, staff, parent, anyone else who's out there, students, Merry Christmas. Yeah, big time. Merry Have Christmas. Have a wonderful new year. And we look forward to seeing you all in 2023. Peace out. See ya. You have been listening to Heartbeat. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to the show and share far and wide. This has been a podcast produced by Alter One College. To find out more about Alter One College, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, or visit the college website at www.alter-one.com.au.